Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following is a snippet of an exclusive members-only podcast episode for our Patreon, Chronicles Tifosi. Become a member at patreon.com forward slash Chronicles for regular bonus episodes and content. Hey, Chronicles Tifosi. We've got a little extra for you this week. Um, a lot of people have been interested in trying to understand better what has changed in Italian football with the lapsing of the Decreto Crescita, the growth decree, which uh, was a decision made seemingly contentiously with, with some high-level debate by government ministers just before Christmas that they were not going to extend uh, this decree, which has had quite a direct impact on Italian football in recent years because it was a decree that governed how much tax foreign nationals coming to Italy paid and therefore also foreign footballers coming to Italy. Um, Patrick, would you be able to give our listeners just like a quick synopsis of what has changed with the lapsing of the Decreto Crescita? I can certainly try. Yeah, the Decreto Crescida was uh, forced, first brought into force in, in 2019. And as you said, it, it provided tax breaks for certain skilled individuals or high earners coming into Italy. And they weren't necessarily only foreign workers either. This extends to several sectors, but naturally our focus is on the footballing side of things. And, and what it did was it allowed uh, football clubs to recruit players at a lower cost on the balance sheet than they would ordinarily uh, have to have to pay. So I've got an example here, Adrian Rabiot, for instance. Uh, he earns 7 million euros a year net at Juventus. With the growth decree, Juventus only have to pay him 9.2 million gross per year. So, But without the growth decree, which has now elapsed, they'd have to pay him 13 million euros. So there's a massive difference. There's almost 4 million euros difference in how much it's going to cost Juventus as an organisation to be able to pay his wages because there are tax breaks, so you would pay a lower rate of income tax uh, based on on your earnings, I think, for five years. So that was basically what the growth decree was. It was to try and stimulate skilled workers coming into the country to try and boost uh, the economy as part of a larger package of uh, measures, which are all there to try and stimulate the Italian economy. 
following uh, the effects and repercussions of COVID-19 and so on and so forth. And unfortunately, it became controversial and certain ministers have decided to do away with it. And so there was hopes that there would be a 28-day grace period or a grace period at least up until February to allow Italian clubs to, to harness this uh, tax break as well and this mechanism at least for the January transfer window. They're not going to backdate it. It's not going to be any retroactive um changes to, to contracts, obviously, which are already existing deals, but it has impacted the room for manoeuvre for Italian clubs going forward in terms of being able to recruit the best talent and it has implications for competitiveness. I think Beppe Marotta, the inter-CEO for sport, has said 18 months shy of the first ever 32-team Club World Cup. This is really going to impact how those two Italian uh, representatives are going to be able to, to test themselves against some of the best teams in Europe and the world. Yes, I think that the issue is is that when Italy first introduced this, they introduced this so it's not just for football. For football, they changed somewhat of the rules because it became to pay only 50% um, of the tax that would be owed. Um, but it was introduced in Italy because of the brain drain and that they felt that they were losing, the country was losing skilled workers to different countries that were giving them better um, benefits and more money. So this was a way to attract that. And it's something that they saw at the time that happened with Ronaldo coming into Italy and, and how much of that opened for them on a marketing level as well. I'm, I'm not, I mean, for football, this was something that was spoken about. So they didn't offer the same incentive that they did, but they did ensure that you would pay 50% um, only of the tax, uh, the gross amount. And so this is, one of the reasons why everyone is very people were angry when this was decreed when this was first came into effect at the time because it said that you know these people are going to pay anyway these people are always going to bring in these levels of talent and so we're just like cutting the tax man out of collecting very important money and that you know football is being given this priority over all these other industries and football argued that and i agree with this argument so i think it depends on where you stand but one of the arguments is that Italian football is already at a disadvantage because of the bureaucracy and Italian teams are not collecting the amount of revenue that other teams in Europe are because we have problems when it comes to counterfeit products, when it comes to sponsorship deals, when it comes to building stadiums, for example, when it comes to piracy and how many people just rip off the content of Sky or DAZN and watch it illegally. And these are not matters that are being effectively addressed by the government. So when football is trying to, to just level itself out and be competitive as a league to compete with the likes of the Premier League, it's already at a disadvantage. Offering them the gross decree just allowed them to somewhat claw that advantage back to at least be competitive and bring in some of the players. On another level, I sort of agree with it going in one way or another now because you're not bringing in the best anymore. There isn't a Ronaldo to bring in, right? And at the moment, it's Saudi Arabia for all the veterans. If you if you are Milinkovic Savage and you just want to get paid, right, you're, you, you're going to go to Saudi. A lot of these guys will choose Saudi now or go to the Premier League who are Aston Villa who will want all of these guys. So is it really offering or is it just making Milan just or other teams, I mean, Juventus, whoever, fill themselves up with a lot of foreign talent at the expense of our youth? Can I just come, come in on that? Because I think this is like one of the really interesting points about this conversation. And there's lots that goes into this conversation that's interesting. Um, we've heard lots of sporting directors talk about how it's going to make their life more difficult this January. And I think sort of broadly, the response in Italy has split down two lines. You've got clubs and sporting directors who don't like the change because it's going to restrict their options 
um, signing foreign players because now signing foreign players costs more. Worth saying as well on that point that um, it's not being applied retrospectively. So if you're already under contract, you continue to enjoy the benefits of the of the of the old law for another five years. So uh, it, it won't affect play teams who've already recruited players, but it will affect recruitment going forward. On the other side of things, you have the Italian Players Union who immediately said, well, this is good news because it's going to get Italian players more more opportunities. And I thought one of the interesting things to sort of look at with this, because I think that sort of split gets an instant emotional reaction from people in terms of how they think it will affect football. Will it make the domestic game stronger or not? So I thought it was interesting to just have a look, a comparison right away with, with the other big leagues around Europe. And so this is from transfermarket.com, but their numbers for this season, minutes played by players was domestic against foreign. So the Premier League has 29.7% of minutes played by domestic players, 70.3% of foreign. So that's the highest of the top five leagues. The lowest is La Liga, which has 57.7% domestic against just 42.3% foreign. So quite a sort of outlier in this group is it's actually the only country where there's more minutes played by domestic players than by foreign players. Serie A is second on the list after just the Premier League with 63.5% of minutes played by foreign players. So without question, in the context of the big leagues, Italy has tended towards more foreign players than everyone except for England. I think within that, there's a really interesting sort of sub-conversation, which is because people then say, well, it's going to be better for the national team. I think a lot of people would argue that the Premier League being 70% foreign hasn't hurt the national team, given that the national team is as strong as it's been in a long time. Agreed. Great point. Having said that, you know, La Liga and La Liga have got um, higher percentage of domestic players and, and they've won more. So I don't know if that, I don't, I, I don't know if there's really a clear answer on that, but I think it's a complicated answer. And I think just going, oh, making more Italian kids play will get better national routine results is maybe oversimplifying. It's not black and white. I think it comes down to this, you know. As Head to seriachronicles.com forward slash Patreon now and subscribe to the Chronicles Tifosi Patreon membership with a free seven-day trial. Get early access to every full-length episode and voice note before the rest of the world. Plus, all episodes are 100% ad-free. And you get bonus Patreon-only exclusive episodes, video episodes, and behind-the-scenes extras. Also, be sure to join the new chat community in the Patreon app and chat with fellow subscribers. Sports Social Podcast Network.